This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. And today, because it is the first Monday of the month, of course, I have a representative from Leaderonomics to discuss an interesting topic about personal and professional development with me. Today, I'm speaking to Wahida Hasbula, youth partner at Leaderonomics, all about unlocking human potential. So what exactly is today's topic in a sense? Because, you know, we are talking about unlocking human potential and also potentially uh, exploring the natural journey of that and the extent of what that could be. Uh, but, you know, what specifically about this topic interested you, especially in these times? Thank you so much. Uh, I've been thinking about how we do have this universal experience of pandemic, Christine, globally, mm-hmm. right? But in a way, I'm I'm always a big believer of diversity, the beauty of diversity. So I've been reflecting this year about how each of us respond uniquely, actually, even though we are bind by this universal pandemic, right? Universal experiences. Well, I mean, um, start us off, I guess, with this idea that we are having a universal experience, but we all have individual journeys, right? I mean, tell me a little bit about that and how that can help us in figuring out our own potential. So I'm always intrigued by words. Uh, I mean, there are different types of learners, right, Christine? We all know that, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm always inclined to like quotes, Motivational quotes, poetry, and whatnot, art in general, right? Okay. So there's one quote by Rumi. Rumi is a Persian poet. I would like to call him Tinker. So there's one quote really stick with me throughout this pandemic. Um, it says, Yesterday, I was clever. I wanted to change the world. But today, I am wise. I want to change myself first. Mm-hmm. So that very quote anchor me to think about it's all about unlocking our unique human experiences. So I think maybe, just maybe, the pandemic has never been a culprit to all this gloom and despair. And maybe, just maybe, uh, the answer, whatever it is that we're looking for, actually lies within us. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, So essentially what you're saying is that, you know, although admittedly uh, the pandemic, let's be clear, not a yeah. good thing. Uh, also, I think comes with its own uh, set of collective trauma, as I've heard it been referred to previously. But it's also our own individual responses to that that will help us to see what potential we have as individuals, human beings, right? Yeah. That. Oh my God. I'm so glad you're with me today. Thanks, Christine. Yeah, that's basically what I'm trying to deliver. You're okay. So very interesting. I mean, if you if you want to talk about quotes and stuff like that, right? I think that I'm really revealing a lot about my my media consumption right now. There is a quote from uh, a Pokemon movie. I, I swear this is actually relevant um, from a character that says, um, I see now that the circumstances of one's birth are irrelevant. It is what you do with the gift of life that determines who you are. Um, so I think that's sort of the vague idea of what we're discussing today, right? It's this idea that no matter what happens to you or, you know, where your place in life is, it's what you do with that. And, you know, your own individual uh, experience and sort of how you learn from that and your mistakes and your challenges that will shape the kind of potential you can have as a person. So, you know, let's talk about that in the context of today, right? Everything has changed, right? Everything around us has changed and a lot of things have been um, transitioning into things that are out of our control, right? So tell me a little bit about what the individual response has been to everything else changing. Wow. Um, If I can be very honest, I don't have the answer to that, Christine, Mm -hmm. but it's a big question, right? Like the realization everything is changing, but I think what I would like to reflect, right, to focus our attention to the present and now, Mm -hmm. are we changing? Are we evolving? I feel like the equilibrium principle, right? 
from my understanding, there's always a flow of energy, right? To mm. create equilibrium or maybe layman term, you can say balance. Right. I think we're being enlightened in a way, right? They're talking about reset and whatnot, this pandemic, right? But right. actually, I feel right. All along, each day has been a reset. Okay. Do you get me? Right. Whether, whether we realize it or not, that's, that's a big question. So if we could focus on that part, like my ourselves part, because really, really, um, there's so much going on, Christine, right? Mm-hmm. There's so much going on. We can only see the tip of iceberg, if I can say that. And mm-hmm. it depends on the social media consumption, the media consumption, what we expose ourselves to. Because now we all confined in our houses. Right. You get me? Basically, I think our experiences with the world, if I can say dictated by our media consumption, especially social media. Okay, so um, essentially, I guess our perception of what is quote-unquote normal is determined a lot by what we consume you know uh, in terms of information but that also will come through with social media as well yeah take out our phone right what's the top post on our social media okay of course there's algorithm behind social media and the irony is we thought we controlling our consumption actually it's not controlled by us our habit control our consumption right so I think the realization, knowing, right, like pause rather than just uh, inhaling everything that's offered to us, right? In mm-hmm. this case, social media consumption, right? I think it's more like being mindful. Okay. Okay, wait a minute. What I'm trying to consume here, do I need this consumption? And okay. breaking the pattern, if you ask me about social media, really, I'm aware like on my feed, right? For example, there are a lot of maybe negative, it can be subjective, right? Negative influences, right? So for example, negative uh, influence that really don't add value. I would say that's how I define negative influences. Right. Don't add value to your life, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've seen a lot of that on your social media and the realization, like the 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 moment you aware, right? Oh my God, like why my feet looks like this? I think you're on the right track, Christine. That brings me to the second point. What's normal anyway? Do you get me? Like okay. while we're having this little uh, exercise, right? Where we're looking at our social media feed. Mm-hmm. Um, what is normal anyway? Because I believe each of us, right? Uh, our social media feed will look different. But really, there's no standard if you ask me because um, I tried to do some research. Actually, how normal is from the ancient Greek word means well-known. Okay. Right? Well-known. Then um, that's another big topic, right? We're talking about consumerism and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And the algorithm comes into place. So I think defying the fact that there's no normal, it's hard to define normalcy. Our human experiences, our personalities, our worldviews are different to begin with. Mm-hmm. So how can we subscribe to one idea of normalcy, especially that is portrayed or defined by social media? Right. I mean, I think, first of all, a point is that normal is different for everybody, number one. Okay. Number two, it's also that I think your normal can change also, right? Like your definition of what is wow. normal can shift with time. For example, it was normal that I went to school every day. Now wow. it is normal that I don't, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, I, I think I think that that's another element of what nice. what the concept of normal is also on an individual level, I think is what you're trying yep. to say. Yeah, thank you. And the idea of is it normal better than abnormal, right? If we're looking through that lens, mm-hmm. if normal is um, societal norm, in this case, yeah, for example. Right. So can we say actually normal better than abnormal? That's another question that right. we can raise. Okay. Like um, this uh, one professor um, talking about the positive value of normalcy might be, you know, there will be social coherence for sure, right? Because we're subscribing uh, to the same idea of right. normal, right? Mm-hmm. But 
there's always two sides of everything, right, Christine? Mm-hmm. So in this case, it can be marginalization right. for those who don't fit within the norm. So if we relate back to the pandemic, even though we can say, right, it's universal experiences, but really, really, is it a universal experiences for everyone, mm-hmm. for those marginalized groups? I guess That's your experience of what is quote-unquote normal is, again, different based on your individual yes. person, yeah. As, as you said, right? Mm-hmm. So again, uh, I think it comes back to the mindfulness and what we can control and we, what we can't control, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. So I think that's when empathy comes in, um, Christine. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding like how normal, as you said just now, how normal would look different for everyone. Right. And that also, you know, as you mentioned earlier, is reflected through a lot of what we consume on social media as well, because yes. that is sort of our attempt at curating what what might be normal to us in a way, like, you know, trying to uh, establish a new normal for us. For example, right, one thing to attempt, I mean, I know that you said the algorithm kind of controls what we we see, Mm. but at the same time, you know, there is an element of of human curation there. So, for example, like you mentioned, if there are people or subjects that you don't want to engage with on the internet, you can actively take a look at that and actually filter that out, which, again, two sides of the same coin, right? Because on the one hand, that's really good in terms of uh, making sure that your social media uh, consumption is relatively positive. On the other hand, this can result in like an echo chamber and you don't necessarily learn about stuff outside your purview. Wow, wow. Perfect. Perfectly put, Christine. And I can't, I can't help but there's one quote ringing in my head. Mm-hmm. Does it spark your joy, as Mary Kondo says? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Does it spark your joy? But I think, um, Christine, you raised a very good point about um, shaping when I think it's about what we let in, right, in mm-hmm. our speech. Meaning, right, if we've been very decisive, like saying this is kind of vibe. So in a way, it might on the hindsight, meaning uh, we might be thinking we are right. You can be crazy like, right. because, right? But I think there should be a balance against equilibrium. Or maybe it's not true social media consumption, Christine, but challenge ourselves to, has, to have more conversations mm-hmm. outside social media, like what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. I think it's very intellectually stimulating and challenging because I think there's an exchange of, experiences and really humbles me to learn your point of view, your perspective. So I think that's the third point, for example, like trying to schedule more engaging conversations with people outside your circle can be beneficial, I feel. Right. Something we can do more. Okay. Well, we're going to take a short break though for some messages. But after that, I will continue speaking to Wahida Hasbullah from Leaderonomics, all about unlocking human potential as well as the power of empathy uh, in that scenario as well. So do stay tuned to Raise Your Game on BFM 89.9. Burning for more. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're listening to Raise Your Game on BFM 89.9. I'm Christine Wong and joining me on the line today is Wahida Haspula, Youth Partner at Leaderonomics. Today we're talking about unlocking human potential and it's basically an exploration and a conversation about what that means, you know, what normal means, what abnormal means, how all that will tie into how you can shape your individual experience of the world to hopefully become a better person and also to take a look at how that perception of the world could be explored and changed, right? So tell me a little bit about, you know, empathy and and, and vulnerability and how that helps us to unlock our potential. You know, I always thought vulnerability and empathy is something that comes from external. Mm-hmm. When I say external, it has to be activated by a subject, Christine. For example, right, I've uh, always been a go-to person if few of my friends having problems and whatnot and right. vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. I always thought you need external activator for empathy and vulnerability. But a good friend of mine taught me something it has 
to start with yourself. Mm-hmm. Meaning having that empathy and vulnerability first to yourself. That's a very profound lesson that I learned. Really asking ourselves, am I being kind to myself? Mm-hmm. Because we're always reactive, right? At least for me, like whenever we read news, uh, we easily triggered and things like that. That's human being, of course, right? Right. But being, I think being human means looking to inside yourself first. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, am I am I really taking care of myself? Am I living my full potential? Mm-hmm. I think that's how we demonstrate empathy and vulnerability first. That's how then we get to share our empathy and vulnerability to others, Christine. Interesting. So yeah. essentially part of unlocking your human potential is not just thinking about, you know, what you're externally consuming, but also from an introspective level yeah. to have these moments where you you sort of take stock of what is going on in your life. Yeah. Um, I think I would argue also that uh, the pandemic, for better or worse, has given us generally... A lot of time for stuff like that, right? I mean, it's it's again. <laughs> yeah. I think when there's no a lot choice. of, I think again when there's a lot of external changes in life, it's a good opportunity to reflect on yourself and where you want to go. Since I guess your concept of normal has shifted, right? So tell yeah. me a little bit about that and how the pandemic has sort of contributed to our understanding of empathy, vulnerability, and introspection. Lovely. Do you know how? pandemic has shed more layers of us, right? For example, for people who don't really like cooking, they start cooking, things mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, I think uh, personally, I can only share from my personal experiences. I think introspection at deeper level, Christine. So it's really moment to moment if you ask me, right? As I'm speaking to you right now, right? Um, in my head, it was like, okay, what Christine can teach me, mm-hmm. what I can share with Christine. In order to do that, you have to have more introspection because you need to understand who you are. Mm-hmm. So if, if you don't mind, I would like to share prompt. We can start asking ourselves, like, who are we really in the absence of noise? When I say noise, it can be from social media. It can be from societal norm. It can be from peer pressure and things like that. Really, when you're alone, as mm-hmm. you said, right, this is the perfect time to do it. Mm-hmm. And asking, who am I really? And who I want to be? Mm-hmm. I think these are the two, two questions that we can start off with. Yeah. Right. Interesting. I guess in a way you could sort of split that question into into several subparts as well. It's a very big oh. question, right? So you, yeah. I think yeah. tackling that all at once is a lot. But um, part of that is also what traits do I exhibit when I'm by myself? What traits do I exhibit when I'm with other people? Uh, what traits do I exhibit when I'm under pressure or in adversity? Yeah. I think that's also a very specific thing where you may be able to kind of handle yourself relatively calmly in general. But then when um, stuff happens that, you know, doesn't necessarily follow your plan, maybe yeah. things get more difficult for you. And if, I've, if I'm acknowledging this part of myself, what can I do about that to make that something more either productive or something a little bit less uh, intense of an experience? Yeah. Which uh, also, I think, goes in hand with, you know, the ideas of, um, I know these words are thrown around a lot lately, but self-care, mental health, yeah. taking the time to be mindful and thinking with purpose, I guess, about who you are and your place in life. Yeah. Thank you so much, Christine. I think um, you're so right. You're so on point. It can't happen if you're not in good health. Mm-hmm. Do you get me? Mm-hmm. As you said just now, so really, we're talking about Maslow's hierarchy needs, right? So we have to ensure we're in the, like, the fittest state, if we could, right? Best yeah. possible state, mm-hmm. in order to explore um, these deeper questions. So I would like to move on to the next point, mm-hmm. like self-care and mental health. Okay, and you know how heartbreaking it is right now, right? Like, there are a lot of cases and I think what breaks my heart more is like the rise among youth. Something that I acknowledge, right? Like how the awareness and whether our youth are armed with this kind of knowledge 
Christine, that's another question that always been on my mind uh, lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, do they know like uh, what is mental health and things like that? So I hope uh, for adults, right? Um, if you are parents or maybe sisters or brothers, right? You have um, younger siblings. I think we can start to have the conversation, Christine. Hmm. Uh, maybe awareness. I think generally in our culture, it's taboo to talk about mental health. You know, if you've been stressful and whatnot, most of the time it's more like, hey, suck it up and be strong, you know? You yeah, know, I, think, that, right? I think especially, you know, uh, here, uh, locally yeah. anyway, there's this uh, stigma about mental health. Uh, it, is, mm. it is sort of being worked on at the moment and there are a lot of really good causes that are uh, starting to pave the way for that to be a bigger and a more open conversation uh, yeah. for sure. And also in terms of the younger generation, from my experience, anyway, although admittedly my experience is also very westernized in nature but I do think that the younger generation has a better idea at least of mental health issues and and self-care, which then this is generalization, let me be clear not mm-hmm. this does not apply to everyone in this yeah. in the circle but i will say that my general experience has been that you know people uh, from i guess an older generation don't necessarily see what they do from the for themselves as, as self care wow. but i do want to start to yeah. sort of get to a point where we wind it back and I know we, there's no real conclusion here, but to sort of find, you know, a, a nice resting point for this conversation yep. as well. So, you know, I think uh, generally speaking, a lot of unlocking human potential is looking at both external and internal perspective, right? You know, looking mm-hmm. at externally what's happening around you, what are you consuming in terms of content, uh, you know, the people who are around you as well also will definitely affect, you know, yourself and yep. and your character. But then also looking at the flip side of things, it's looking internally at who you are, who you could be, what steps could you take to get to that point. And that is all part of the journey of unlocking human potential. Yeah, but I think um, you're talking about generational gap. I think it goes back to empathy, Mm -hmm. understanding the fact that our older generations went through different kind of experiences, right? right? Maybe something that we can't even imagine. Correct. When we thought pandemic is the, the worst, like tragedy, right? Maybe they went through something worse. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for that. I think it goes back to empathy. And I think what we can do is to bridge the gap, Christine. Yeah, absolutely. Because having conversations like this. Having conversations, right? So I think, mm-hmm. um, again, it goes back to creating that safe space, right? In order to, to bridge the gap, you need to have that safe space and trust. Right. So that's, as you said, another... Another topic of, um, you know, relationships and parenting and whatnot, right? But I think uh, it's a good way to to redefine the perspective. Um, Christine, I feel like I'm coming from the generation like my worth when I was in school or in uni was my academic achievement. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm a bright student, genius or anything, right? But speaking from experiences, right? So I think redefine how success looks like is very important. Mm-hmm. And it should look different for everyone. Yeah. Right? We, yeah. We're going back to the normalcy idea, right? Uh, your success, Christine, should be different from mine and we should celebrate like your success is your success, mine is mine's success. Mm-hmm. Mine's success is mine and it shouldn't be like something, you know, like just because we're choosing the different path, for example, mm-hmm. like it's to be frowned upon and whatnot. So right. redefine, I would say, I, I lost track already but my next one would be redefine what is success, their perspective on um, like act of service, you know, like it's more like um, success can be act of service, for example, mm-hmm. right, Christine? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be flashy. When I said flashy, right, you don't need to go to top uni if you can't. Yeah, right? your success you can be intrinsic, food. basically, as opposed to Thank external. You. Yeah. Thank you, intrinsic, as you said, right? Like you're living a, a, a better life each day by helping others. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, in any capacity, right? When we're talking about helping others in any capacity, it can be as simple as you trying to send a good message to your friend yeah. who you haven't heard for a while. Mm-hmm. It can be that or what else? You can help out your parents. Like small things, right? Like wash the dishes or cooking, things like that. So I think that's a very important realization, Christine, because I think now, right, as you said, we can focus on internal, like the, I would like to call it uh, inside work, mm-hmm. right? Internal work, right? So that's something I think is very important. Hustling. Oh, oh like that term, right? Mm-hmm. Like hustle, you know, right? Like pre-pandemic is like hustler. And I think we need, we really need to reshift our perspective on that because if not, it only can um, bring us down, I feel, because there's no way we can um, behave Similarly, yeah, like you said, your your yeah. your success is not anyone else's success, and vice versa, right? Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So, you know, final thoughts on this topic of unlocking human potential. I would like to close with this, right? Even though we're talking a great deal on uh, self development, mm-hmm. unlocking your potential, but I would like to conclude uh, today's recording, today's topic by saying, "No man is an island." Mm-hmm. Christine, I think most of the time um, we think we all alone. It's human nature, right? Thinking, you wouldn't understand my experiences. Mm-hmm. You're not me. Mm-hmm. But I think having that humility uh, and gratitude that no man is an island. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think by having that mindset, I think our lives can only be richer. And with that, that has been Raise Your Game today. I'm Christine Wong. I've been speaking to Wahida Hasbullah, Youth Partner and Leaderonomics, about unlocking human potential. If you've missed any of today's conversation and you'd like to catch up, you can go ahead and download our app that's available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also head over to our website, bfm.my, to listen back to our podcast as well. This is BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.